Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Celtics sneak by the San Antonio Spurs by a mere 44 points. We'll talk about that and do a little season in review, a zoom out next on First to the Floor. It's going to be first to the floor here, and it was Marcus Smart as he usually is. That's not the first time we've seen a superstar in green and white sacrifice my body. Wayne Spoonie here. I am joined by the man with the mistress, hot takey Jakey, Jake Eisenberg. What's up, my dude? Mate, doing good. Ready to fire off some takes. Talk about this basketball team that's like pretty good. Uh, how you going, man? Oh, I'm doing great. I mean, are we back? Are the Celtics back? I think it's, I think. Can we declare ever, it? Where they ever gone? Uh, that's the real question, isn't yeah. it? Uh, that three-game losing streak where uh, oh, no. it feels so, so far away now, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, beautiful. Three in a row, three blowouts, getting back to the defense, Robert Williams on the floor, Jalen Brown playing like an all-NBA player. Uh, perfect timing. The, the Sixers look like they're sliding back. They had a, they had a really good crack. At catching us for the two seed, I, I commend them for trying, but um, it was never going to happen. Good job, little guys! You yeah. did your best. <laughs> uh, yeah, so let's let's jump into the most recent game. Maybe we can talk a little bit about the Indiana game, but that feels pretty similar. A lot of what we'll say about this game uh, goes for the Indiana game as well. So this one, no Jason Tatum, which is always worrisome. You know, you track those Tatum on-off numbers. The team. Uh, it always struggles when Jason Tatum doesn't play, have under 500 record when he sits out. Uh, Rob Williams still coming off the bench. Missoula sticks with uh, Derek White in the starting lineup with Marcus Smart in the backcourt, staying small with Sam Hauser doing his Dude. best Jason Tatum impression. Um, like I said at the top, the Celtics just obliterated the San Antonio Spurs 137 to 93 and we've outscored our last three opponents by i don't I'm not sure i can count this high uh, 950 points or something <laughs> like that jake you're asking the wrong guy on, yeah, yeah. on that that's you've been sure. killing it with the math recently yeah these games are funny like because the end results are what they are they're all blowouts but when you're watching you know first quarter you know spurs put up like 30 plus they're making some shots you know, similar to the Pacers game, the Pacers hung around for the first half and Scout did a good job on the broadcast. It's like, you, it's just like a damn, you just have to play the right way. And if you do it for three quarters, you're going to end up beating most of these teams by 
25, 30, or 40 points in the the case of the Spurs. And honestly, it made it for a very fun experience yesterday. We were all on the uh, the playback live stream yesterday. If anybody uh, tuned in, we enjoyed having you. We're going to be doing it again for the Bucks game, for the Battle of the One Seed, Friday, Australia time, Thursday night in the US. Um, so come on by. It's super fun. Um, I'll, I've got the day off. I'll be having a couple of beers at 10.30 in the morning probably. Um, so that was fun, but like the Spurs kept it close enough where <clears throat> the explosion in the third quarter, the Jalen Brown hammers, the gritty Brogdon, Rob Williams offensive rebounds. Uh, yeah, Carl in the chat, Carl was was there for for some good times yesterday. Um, yeah, so those games are fun. Like it's close enough where you sweat just a tiny bit. Would there be anything more Celtics than reeling us back in? And then losing to the worst team in the NBA, maybe, maybe not. But thankfully, we didn't have to come on here. They finally, we get a podcast with um, three in a row. Yeah. So finally, we get to be happy on this podcast, yeah. you know, with no like, I know it's only one win, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but like straight up, they're just playing phenomenal basketball right now. I think the biggest thing for me, it seems like, especially these last three games and, you know, part of it's the Spurs are not very good. Indy's actually a pretty good offensive team when Halliburton plays. And Sacramento's the best offense in NBA history. And they have held Sacramento to 109. And a lot of that was kind of garbage time. I mean, through the defense played incredibly well against Sacramento. And then 95 to Indy and 93 to the Spurs. It just seems like to me, like the big takeaway from this three-game winning streak is the defense is like well and completely back it's night and day and i think it's it's hard to point to one thing i think you can try you can point to rob as he like returned three games ago and that happens to coincide with the domination on the defense i think he obviously raises the defensive ceiling significantly but it's also just an effort and focus thing like it's so obvious when Tatum. Marcus is looking better. He's definitely moving better. It looks like um, that SWAT that he had yesterday in transition, just getting up. You love to see him moving like that. The defense is awesome right now. Um, and this is good. We like It's really hard to play the best defense in the league for an entire season. We, if this is good that we're not seeing it um, the, whole, the whole season. We're seeing it when we've needed it. Um, we've seen it when we maybe... We haven't seen it when we maybe needed it at times, but but for the most part, I, I'm still very, very confident in the Celtics having the highest defensive ceiling in the NBA. They're just so versatile. You can go Rob, Al, as single bigs, play them together. Um, just a stable of switchable guys up and down the roster. And when they're really flying around, you can, you can really tell. Yeah, Grant gets a lot of crap, but he does unlock a lot of our defensive versatility too, where he we can run him and stay. You know, he's not big, but he guard he can guard up bigger guys too. And that allows Rob to stick in that like free safety role when Grant can just grind down a center. Yeah, I do think I think a lot of it, as Godzilla's saying in the chat here, and Jake, you touched on. A lot of it's effort. Remember when I had those clips from the Utah yeah. game where they just like could not get their hands on the ball? Um, let me ask you this. Do you think We talked about at the beginning of the season, I think it was me and you, just me and you on the pod, where we were talking like, we don't want them to go balls to the wall every single game. And it's a long season. You're not going to. But the second half of last year, 
from January on, they were playing seven and a half guys playing defense like it was game seven every single night and they were blowing people out like crazy. Um, do you think the the approach where it's like, OK, there's 10 games left. Let's act. Do you think it was like a conscious let's turn this up like everybody locked in? It's the playoffs starting now. Or do you think it's just partly like, uh, I guess we should probably win some games here. We've lost a few. <laughs> I think it was the Al Horford speech. Yeah, yeah, big, probably. Big, big Al decided it's time. To lock in and let's let's go on that type of run like we did in the second half of last year. Um, I was talking with one of my one of my mates yesterday, who's a Celtic skeptic, you know, telling me that the Bucks are the what? shoe in. Uh, he's all he's just he's always been this way, trolling you. Oh, yeah. And uh, he's like, I just don't see the same the defensive like they were just destroying people on defense last year. I'm like, yeah, that's good. They had they had no choice. They were the eleventh right. seed in January. The 11th seed, and they made it all the way up to the two seed. Like, and that was because they were playing the best defense that kind of anyone had ever seen, or at least in the last decade statistically. So the fact that they've just been cruising along, like top five defense, and it's been very painfully obvious at times that they're not playing their best defense just speaks to how good the defensive personnel is on this team. So like, this is what we're getting on a, you know, a 70% effort season, which is exactly what we want. As much as we wanted them to, you, know, you, you want to win every game, you want to get the 62 wins, etc. You want to be basically just right, right where they are. You want to be like battling for the one seed, coming down to it. Uh, and this road, the, like we can go into whether being the one seed matters, winning a game seven in Milwaukee, etc. I kind of tend to, to not buy too much into it, but you don't want these guys busting their ass for 82 games. Giannis, right. I love Giannis partly because of like that consistent, you watch the Bucks every night, not playing tonight, um, which, you know, if we keep, keep an eye on it, Bucks are up seven against Detroit going into halftime here. So we'll track that All closely, right. you know, in range, yeah, in, in range, range. Yeah, just, just got to be within the striking range here. The Bucks just have like a higher floor from a regular season point of view just because of Giannis, like, mm-hmm. and as I loved, I love Jason Tatum, but he he's not a seven foot Greek Adonis that just is able to just dominate both ends of the court purely by like his motor and physicality. Um, like, I, I don't think Giannis is going to run out of doesn't seem to run out of gas. Versus Tatum's slightly more mortal than than Giannis, and I think that's okay. Like, still exponentially more immortal than than you or I. So that's that's what we can focus on. But yeah, um the Bucks are just gonna have that more of a more higher floor on a on a regular season point of view. Um but ceiling wise, I just don't see the don't see the ceiling from the Bucks like I see the ceiling for the Celtics. But anyway, yeah that, of course I, I just, yeah. But I, I think the Bucks can be exploited by bigs who can shoot and the Celtics have Grant Williams and they have Al Horford and they have not solved that riddle yet. I mean, we beat them by whenever the one time everybody was healthy except Middleton, we beat them by about 30 something on Christmas day. So, um, and then the other time we didn't have four starters and Mike Muscala almost beat them just because he can stretch it out and shoot and Brooks can do nothing. Um, so I, I'm with you, dude. And 
Tatum just plays a more high variance game, right? Because he just shoots a lot more threes. Giannis shoots no threes and he's always going to the line. So um, I am not. I do. I the Bucks can definitely beat us. I don't yeah. want to sit here and yeah. be like, "Oh, we're gonna roll over the Bucks in five games." Nothing like that. But uh, I'm not particularly scared of getting the one seed to make sure that Game Seven's in Boston. Like you, you always harp on it, Jake. It's like they, this team has shown they can win on the road. They're veteran. They know how to win them playoffs. So I just cannot wait until they start. But <laughs> nonetheless. Why don't we jump into a little bit into the Spurs game? Because we've gone far too long without talking about the Eastern Conference player of the week, the man in the mask, best basketball of his life right now, 41, 13 and three since the all-star break, 28 and a half, seven, four, fifth, almost 50, 40, 75. <laughs> That's hey, damn free throws. Yeah. If he ever gets those figured out, watch out. That true shooting is going to go crazy. I mean, he's this is his career highs in points, field goal percentage, free throw percentage, rebounds, true shooting, double doubles. Jalen Brown's having a hell of a season. What you how just how did you feel about that performance when you were watching it? Just stop playing with JV. Yeah, I know. This man is top fifteen in the NBA. Like you know, we we wanted to make the whole NBA push for Jalen because. We wanted him to stay, but like he is playing at an all NBA level. Like there's no like, oh, we're juicing the numbers. We're stat padding maybe a little bit yesterday, a little stat padding yesterday, maybe a tiny bit, but the level that he's playing at, the the gap between Jalen Brown and honestly everybody else on the Celtics, not just the Spurs as well, talent-wise, the way that he was dominating Yesterday, I forget, I forget the two point numbers, but was he like sixteen for nineteen from two or yes, something? Like, indeed, he was. <laughs> what is that? That is crazy. Like it was just not fair. And he that look the underwater workouts, like clearly solved it. He's in the best shape of his life. He hasn't gotten to seventy games in a few years um, with like you know some hamstring stuff and the wrist thing. Uh, it's his healthiest year in a while. Look, surprise, surprise. Jalen Brown is having yet another career year. You know why? Because that's what Jalen Brown does. He has career year, career year, career year, career year. This guy gets better every single year. The fact that like he's still finding ways to do it. I mean, you you forget that he's only only 26, 27. Like you see guys like DeMar DeRozan comes to mind. Like he just kept kind of perfecting his game. Um and then we see that season, those seasons with the Spurs and the season with Chicago last year. It's like these guys that are really committed to their crafts, like they're not going to take massive, massive leaps. But Jalen, you know, becoming more efficient from from two-point range, the ability to you know improve his body. The free throws thing, I don't know if he needs to do like the Aaron Rodgers darkroom ayahuasca retreat in order to like <laughs> <laughs> figure that part out. Um, and then the last piece, which – I don't, didn't think we would ever see, and we're not sure if it's a blip. I'm going to play a little clip here, but the Jalen Brown passing leap, we're going behind the back on Halliburton. No, no look to Derek White in the Pacers game. Like we have highlight reels of Jalen Brown passing over his very small sample size, and just using his scoring gravity, he draws three against the Kings, kicks out to Al Horford, easy pass, will snatch back on De'Aaron Fox, kick to Derek White in the corner splash like 
running some pick and roll with Rob Williams. The level of comfort and control he's playing with at the moment is the best in his career. And some of these are easy passes. It's just pump fake, drive, two, commit to the ball because three that play, three people on on ball right there. Three people <laughs> are committing to the to the ball because you know why? Because he has the ability to shoot 16 from 19 from two. He's one of the most aggressive downhill players in the NBA. So you have to collapse. And so he's just making the easy pass a lot of the time. Um, and the numbers, he ended up having five turnovers yesterday, but I think, you know, we were more focused on the scoring at that point. And so it had come down a little, a little bit from, from there, but since the all-star break, his assist to turnover ratio is up to 1.66 where his full season is 1.16, which has always kind of been like the knock on Jalen. But like if he's at, you know, let's say the 1.66 holds, you know, that's taking into account the five turnover game yesterday. If that was his full season number, that's a better assist turnover ratio than Kevin Durant, Paul George, Anthony Edwards, Embiid, Bam, Randall, Larry Markner, fellow all NBA competitors, and Zion, like this, if he is able to make that jump into like the 1.5, 1.75 assist to turnover ratio, that's like a complete game changer for who he is as a player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and there's no reason. I, we talked about Brogdon, Brogdon's playmaking where it's like he's not a natural mm-hmm. playmaker. He just draws so much attention when he drives hard to the rim that he creates easy passes for himself. There's no reason Jalen can't become as good of a playmaker as Malcolm Brogdon. And, you know, he had the five turnovers against um, San Antonio, but like they weren't the, oh my God, Jalen dribbled into seven people and lost the ball turnovers. They were like, we're up 35 and somebody's picking my pocket from behind because I'm not paying that much attention turnovers, which are like, he's not going to have that happen in a close game. Please forget that time he got the eight second violation in the first game. But other than that, you know, you hope in the playoffs he's not going to have stuff like that happen. So um, you're right. He just draws so much attention. He's going to create easy passing lanes for himself. And Rob returns and all of a sudden there's just more places to pass the ball. There's easier angles. You can just kind of loft up a lob to him. Um, And Rob had he's since he's come back. Tidy, tidy. Not even playing 20 minutes a game. So I'm sure you're very oh, happy, Jake. Thank the Lord's. <laughs> 11, 8, and 2 last night. Um, and, a, and a 7 and just about 8 rebounds a game since he's come back. And the defensive impact in his 18 minutes where he's just like playing hard, but not out of control. Um, he's just been so, so good. Does Does he look better to you yes. now than he did when he came back earlier yes he does yeah. yes he does he's just moving better i don't yeah. know i don't know what it is like he just looks more comfortable in his body than he did before versus being hesitant i would the whole rob health thing is just so much of a mystery it's like did they just keep him out an extra because a week because it was seven to ten days it ended up being like closer to 16 days or something like that which i agree with and What's done is done. I'll try not to keep harping on it, but the fact that it's taken them till now to like run Al and Rob in separate units, like you can still get a crew, you can still accrue minutes with them together. So that's a lineup that you feel comfortable with at certain times in the playoffs. If you want to overlap for five to six minutes per game, but it just makes it so much easier to keep Rob's minutes and Al's minutes down if you're staggering them. 
and you want to keep both of their minutes down. It's like they were like it was like this homage to Ime, like keep like trying to go back to this bloody you know starting lineup that was so good last year when it was when it's been so clear that Derek White needs to be starting and like they can still they can blow teams out with this new space and pace version as opposed to like the obliteration version of last season. Like they can, and this is what makes this team so dangerous to me is that like they have the versatility to do, to go smaller, to go bigger. Um, but from the regular season point of view, I love this. I, I love this. I'm just like touching wood that we can get through. Oh, we're down to eight games here. Like, Probably Knock seven. Off, man. Yeah. yeah. Probably don't seven. play him against Milwaukee. I don't want Giannis bowling <sighs> into him 10 times a game or something like that. Like just sit Rob down. Well, they look there because we have the back to back against the Jazz the next night. So there is a yep. potential that they try, that they do do something like that. I would prefer to. I know. I, I, I don't know how serious you are about that one, but like I would like to see. I'm dead serious. <laughs> yeah. Like, do not play him against Milwaukee. I don't think we need him against Milwaukee either. He's not a particularly great matchup for Milwaukee. Yeah. Um, you know, since they can hide Lopez or Giannis mm-hmm. on him and that, you know, just have him as like the primary rim rim protector. So like I'm dead serious. Do not play Rob against Milwaukee and then play him against Utah, where we'll need his rebounding desperately. Well, it's gonna be interesting because like well, Milwaukee has that that back to back. With the paces the night before, so it, it's going to be a little cat and mouse game with that with that that little battle for the one seed. Um, but look, it's it's no secret. Like this team goes from one of the best teams in the league without Rob to like to me the top of tier one. Like yeah. when we have healthy Rob, um, they're not in their own tier as good as as much as I love Rob Williams, but. To see him, to see him moving like this, um, and Luke Cornett's been fantastic this year. Blake Griffin's been fantastic this year from what we could have expected. But the way that Rob vacuums in rebounds, like Go Go Gadget style, and the, with the rebounding issue over the past couple of weeks, like it's just completely gone. It's just not there anymore. Once he starts playing on, and then you, and then you're getting, yeah. and then you're getting the extra possessions on the other end. Like, yeah, not. I know. When- <laughs> When we were on the live stream last night, and please join us uh, on Thursday yeah, night, for the Bucks um, or Friday morning, if you're in Australia, like these fellas are, yep. uh, for the Bucks Celtics, we'll be live streaming that on our playback. You can find it on our Twitter. The link's right there. It's very easy. Just sign up if you're not already signed up. So please join us. That will be great. But um, yeah, on the live stream, Jake, <laughs> multiple times, you're like, Almost like unintentionally, like subconsciously, you're just like, God, Rob's so much better at rebounding than Luke Cornett. It's like, yeah, yeah. I know, it's not yeah, your fault, right. look. It's not your fault, yeah. look, but my eyes are just like, it's so stark. Yeah. And it's like, and Rob jumped 15 feet in the air and secured that defensive rebound against yeah. the entire other team. All right, that's nice. Um, speaking of Derek White, just a ho hum 19 8 to 1 and 2 from Derek White. The shooting just rolls on. He's up to almost 39% on almost five threes a game. Uh, outside of December, he's been, uh, he, I'm not sure he's missed since December, <laughs> frankly. Since January 1, flirting with 40% on 5.4 threes a game. Um, he's just, you know, the, the double bigs that Ime went to was defensible. But when you have Derek White playing like this, he's just forced Joe's ta- Joe's hand, um, especially with that traditional starting lineup. 
the net rating on that's actually been pretty poor this year. It's it's bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. Alan Rob on the floor together are killing people, but that specific old starting lineup from last year is not. Mm. So um run through what was going through your mind when you watched Derek White last <laughs> night. I mean, the same old, same old, get a bottle of look, champagne, I mean, you know, look, man. <laughs> some flowers. Yeah. You just you gotta get to the service station, pick up some supplies. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah. But look, I'm just I'm just trying not to take him for granted at this point. You know, it's right. like you know someone that you love. You can just get used to how amazing they are um, on a day to day basis. But some, you just got to take a step back and be like, this this, this guy is a different player than last year. I think he's probably playing the best basketball of his career as well. Like just the shooting alone. Like his highest percentage previously was 36.6 in like his third season with the with the Spurs, which is all we need. Like. 30, yeah. 35, 36 is totally fine for D. White. But the fact that he's at a 39% clip on like 4.7 attempts, like the confidence that he's that he has to take these catch and shoot threes, completely different player to what we had last year. And don't forget how good Derek White was in the playoffs, like very key part of getting us all the way to the finals. Amazing in game one against the Warriors as well. The Celtics have a lot of stuff that they didn't have last season. I tweeted today, it's like, yeah, we got it. The Bucks didn't have Middleton. They didn't have Joe Ingles. They didn't have Jay Crowder. Okay, how impactful are those things? We have a healthy Rob Williams touching on wood. Derek White playing at this level is, uh, is really a, a game changer. Malcolm Brogdon was not on this team. Jalen Brown's playing the best basketball of his career. And Jason Tatum took like a, another little leap as well. Oh, and Sam Hauser also like gets an environmental boost when he plays in Milwaukee because that's where he's from and just makes every shot apparently. So like, there's a there's a lot about this team that like once we get to the playoffs, like people are gonna realize, oh, this is why they were the title favorites. This is why we were saying, yeah, they've gotten better because their team's young. They're gonna get better, and they've added pieces. So, um, and Derek White like. You, you can't you can't speak enough about how good he's been this year. I hope he makes all defense. Like it's he's you know, second in the NBA from guards in blocks. Um, someone from the Celtics has to make the all defense team. It feels like because they set the bar so high last season, yeah, right? They went right. and they got so many votes, and now it's like, oh, but they're not that. Like, they're only fourth. They're only fourth <laughs> this year. So it's like, okay, so we're gonna have, there's gonna be zero people on the all defense team from the fourth best defense in the league because Derek would be the number one choice I think like pretty clearly of all the Celtics yeah I think after Derek White I think it's Al who who should be getting some all defense I don't think he will because um Jaron Jackson and Brooke are going to run away with the center spots on the all defense teams but Al has been awesome on Mm. the you know he had he has his games where you can tell he's like load managing in 30 minutes but when he needs to turn it on, I mean, he is still one of the best defensive bigs in the NBA. And we saw it in the third quarter against oh, the, yeah. the Spurs, man. He was everywhere. He's like chasing shooters around, getting back to help, securing defensive rebounds, switching out to Malachi Branham. And it's like, who is this okay. man? Like, I, I just want to like keep I, – I was thinking today like, you know, there's kind of a young man's thing to have like a favorite <laughs> player on a team. You know what I mean? Like, sure. oh, my favorite player. It's like when you're a little kid or something. But Al Horford's my favorite player, I think, <laughs> at this point. Like, I just want to appreciate Al. Like, he's so good. Appreciate Al Horford. Again, 
don't take this guy for granted. Like what he's doing at age 36 is unreal. He's, I can't believe what he's turned himself into. Like not just the, like the percentage of the threes, obviously insane to be at 45%, but (laughs) it goes without saying, right? But like he's, he looks like Sam Hauser coming off screens, like, and like quick, quick release. He's improved the speed of that shot like pretty significantly from when he first got to Boston on that pick and pop. It was like way more of a slow slingshot. He's, mate, he gets it up quick because he's 6'10". Like it's not getting blocked. So like yeah. he, he's getting them up, right? So the fact that he's turned himself into this player and yeah, you, you, you see it in flashes and I'm very confident that he's got that gear in him still. Uh, go back and watch the Warriors game in Boston. I talk about that game all the time. Like big Al, playoff Al, he just has that sense. I'm surprised we saw it yesterday. I don't know where. Maybe he was just feeling extra extra spry. Like he was like, you know, ooh, lower back's feeling good. Let's uh, let's on the Spurs. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> these guys are not beating me. <laughs> Let me just rack up a cheeky four stocks today. Why not? Um, he's like. Him, honestly, him and Brooke Lopez having this like renaissance, I think, is one of the cooler subplots of of the NBA as the NBA season. And um, you just got to respect the work that Al's put in to his body. Like, clearly, it's a massive priority. Like, you know, the Kyle Lowry's of the world falling apart, and you know, PJ Tucker. Like, he's looking pretty rough trying to defend people on the perimeter at the moment. Um, looks like he doesn't want to shoot threes. Al Horford, I remind people is like 340 something days younger than PJ Tucker. Um, Respect and appreciate Al Horford always. That's right. That's right. Yeah. He had one where he was, uh, somebody drove, I can't remember who it was. Might've been Derek and Al came up from the corner to above the break on the move, catches it, hand in his face, sets his feet splash. And it's like, that is like a shooter shot. You know what I mean? That is not like a standstill. (laughs) You've got all day to get this thing up. You're, and you're right. He used to have like, remember the Amir Johnson jump shot yes. where he just like, dude, loaded that <laughs> yeah. thing up. And Al was kind of like that when he first yeah. got to the Celtics. But man, it's ugly still, but he's getting it off quick. Um, last guy before we move on, uh, because, of course, we're going to we keep saying we're going to keep a podcast to 45 minutes and we never do. Uh, <laughs> we mentioned him briefly about he's kind of the new addition of the team. He's I think Brogdon has really settled in to his role, what, you know, is expected of him. And, you know, he almost had a double-double with assists last night, pitched in five rebounds, 25 and nine. Just a really, you know, he missed a couple layups. As That's like, that's right. Yeah. yeah, we could just, that's an evergreen sentence. It's going to surprise Scal, though, for the rest of his um Celtics tenure. I don't know what keeps happening. Yeah, mate. I was, I was a Celtics fan of the chat. I recently moved to Tasmania, so it's uh, it's like twelve degrees outside. So we're a different climate these days. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, Brogdog. Like I thought, you know, the Spurs were keeping it close. Brogdon missed the last game with uh, some back soreness, which sounded kind of like a rest day. Which great idea. Good. Another, yeah. Another person that we should be focused on keeping healthy. I was like, you, you owe the fellas some grittiness. Well, let's, let's, let's break this puppy open. And he was getting loose balls, playing defense, like really like obviously getting the 20 points, but I think we haven't seen a lot from Brogdon. It was just, it's just like doing the little things like the dirty stuff. And 
you know, it's funny that we saw it against the Spurs. Like I'm excited to see what Brogdon looks like in the playoffs because he's obviously was a key part of that Milwaukee team. Um, really smart guy. Yeah. I mean, I was Celtics fan. Let me know. We'll grab a beer, go for a hike. It'll be perfect. Um, like what we, I'm excited to see what Brogdon does in the playoffs from like, just like impacting winning those winning plays, those market smart Derek white plays. I know that's like not quite who he is, but I don't know. He's I, getting there. Yeah. He's getting there. He's been turning it up a little bit recently. Yeah. So I'm excited to see. Yeah. I'm excited to see him play in uh, the Bucks game as well on Friday. Oh yeah. Me too, dude. I, I hope, you know, old team that let him walk too. There's always a little like extra F you when somebody lets you walk in free agency. Yeah. So I wanted, I was okay. just about to click on that, Jake. I, this is not on our run sheet, but I feel like we have to talk about it. So Philip Hart, what's up, man? Thanks for stopping by. Keep commenting. We really appreciate it. Anyone hear the Gil Arenas joke about Al? Disrespectful. Al is one of the best vets in the league. So I want to expand this to just generally the Gilbert Arenas. What is happening? Gilbert Arenas is the last dude on planet Earth to be talking about what it looks like to have a winning basketball team. He never made it. I'm pretty sure he made the playoffs like twice in his career and he made it out of the first round one time and he got spanked. So who are you, Gilbert Arenas, to sit here and say, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, what are they? One's playing power forward and one's playing shooting guard. First of all, that what doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> nonsensical. He's nonsensical. I don't know what's going on with like these ex- NBA pod player podcast appearances and podcasts right now. Some of them are good. Some of them are disastrous. Like, like I know Mario Chalmers was also on a podcast this week talking wow. about talking about how no one feared LeBron. It's like, what do, do were you? I know you guys were, you were on his team, yeah. Mario. Yeah. <laughs> let, me, let me promise you something. Very scared of LeBron James. Me. Very, very, very scared of LeBron James. Um, the Gilbert Arenas thing. I was like, are you have you taken LSD before this segment? Like, like have you not been watching? Do you watch the NBA? Like power forward, small forward, shooting guard. Like those positions haven't mattered in the NBA for like two-way scoring wings are literally like gold. They are the like highest value commodity in the league. That's why the whole Paul George Kawhi trade happened and they gave away a decade of their future because they wanted to get two of those guys. Celtics have two of them. None of it made sense. The Al Horford disrespect, I mean. Al Horford's got 10 times the career that you've had, Gilbus. You've like compared to the talent that you had relative to the the impact on winning that and culture that Al Horford has had at Atlanta uh, and Boston. I mean, Philly was not his fault. That was just an unsalvageable place. Like just the city, the people. That's the evergreen sentence right there, yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> Unsalvageable. But other than that, literally just playoff, playoff, you know, appearance after playoff appearance, um, 70 uh, games played every year, adapting his game to fit the modern style. The disrespect will not stand, Gilbert, Agent Zero. Come see me down in Tasmania. I'll sort you out. <laughs> Hibachi, how many <laughs> nicknames do you need, man? Um, <laughs> All right, moving on. I just felt like we had to address that. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it was so bad. And he said Derek White. I don't even know what he is. Like, oh, he's just a dude. Never mind. You know what? Yeah, I'm not even going to I know. I know. It's terrible. <laughs> it's not worth it. Um, all right. Let's zoom out a little bit because much has been made recently about how poorly the Celtics have been playing. 
obviously with this big three game beat down, oh, the narratives turn and all of a sudden Missoula's yeah. a good coach again. Uh, imagine that. Um, so we are back up to third in offensive rating for the season. Fourth in defensive rating. We talked about how the effort has gone in and out, maybe by design somewhat. They're first in net reading per NBA.com. I didn't check cleaning the glass. And they've got the best point differential in the NBA. So, Jake, you have some post-All-Star break numbers for us as well. But, like, that is the profile of a championship contender. No one else has his profile in the league. Yeah. Only team in the top five of both. Celtics are nine and two against the top three seeds in East Conference. Like, how is there doubt on these guys' ability to be legit championship contenders at this point? Like, all the Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, and Jansen Tatum have done for their entire career has get to the conference finals and beyond. Like, look at these teams that have conference finals appearances that are flashes in the pan. Dallas, last year, conference finals. They're they're a fucking eleventh seed. The Hawks. <laughs> that was my the Hawks. They're like, oh yeah, we're we got Trey. This whole thing, Portland Trailblazers. They made the Western Conference Finals. Like these, In like eighteen, I think, right? These like one like little conference finals appearances here and there. Like that teams think that they've made it when the reality is it is so. F- so, so hard to get to the conference finals and remain in that conversation year after year. And the Celtics have been doing it already year after year. And there's still doubt on these guys. Come on. People just, people just bored. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I have, so Rob came back December 14th, which is like after the offense was bananas. Yeah. If you look at those numbers from December 14th until today, so you basically take out our amazing, crazy, unsustainable shooting stretch. We lead the league in net rating from December 14th until today. We're first in defense, eighth in offense, lead the league in defensive rebound percentage, top five in assist percentage. Like that is, so we move the ball on offense. We play elite defense. We clean up the defensive glass so we don't give up second chances. And we're still a top 10 offense. Like, I, and that's isolating out our best stretch of the season. Like, what, you know, well, what, what do yeah, these guys have to do? Yeah, we, we take out. Yeah, we'll we'll take out the the best part. We'll, we'll we'll try it on extra hard difficulty mode. No matter what you th- <laughs> no, matter, no matter what you throw at the Celtics, they're look they look like the best team in the league. Like statistically, like since the All Star break, I'll I'll bookend it here. Since our disaster, you know, stretch here, obviously bolstered by the three most recent wins. Um, but like since every podcast in the uh, in the world wrote off the Celtics, started moving the Sixers ahead of us in, um, which is just laughable. Twelfth in offensive rating. That's the worst number we've thrown out so far since the All Star break. But you know, first in first in defensive rating, second in net rating, and you're like, oh, well, they've been playing so well. Maybe they're just like shooting well from three. Thirteenth in three point percentage when when you isolate like the whole year. We're more of a, a top five, top six shooter, shooting team because we have good shooters on the team. Shocking, I know. When you have, you know, Al Horford, Malcolm Brogdon, Sam Hauser, that we're gonna we're gonna be one of the better shooting teams. We are literally a Grant made free throw and a Jason Tatum missed layup against the Rockets, away from being the one seed as of today. It's like okay, if everybody's you know con- so concerned about the Celtics, then why are we? 
statistically the best team in the league, like in all these different parts of the season. Yes, it hasn't looked great at times, but it's like lots of other teams look bad here and there. The Nuggets had their their weird stretch and then they blasted the 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 Bucks. It's like, come on. Yeah, and that doesn't even include the Utah loss. We were missing both of our yeah. centers. Um, and we ran, you know, you run a different play. Maybe that plays out a different way. And that one's a win too. And yeah, Z Gamer in the chat. It's annoying how the C's don't take teams seriously sometimes. Yes, it is. Yes. Yes, it is. But still, like sometimes the Rockets are going to get you. Like they beat Milwaukee fully healthy earlier in the season. I watched that game and it was like hilarious. And lo and behold, you know, jokes on me. But <laughs> um it's the NBA. Sometimes the shots don't fall and, you know, you're not going to give 100% effort every game, unfortunately. I know the, you know, the leads disappearing, although these last few games, they've not just sustained big leads, they've blown them open, which I think is a good sign. And especially the most important thing to me is since December 14th, number one defense. Since the All-Star break, number one defense. That defense is turning up at the exact right yeah. time. And so. that and that defensive rating from the also break includes Rob's absence, right? So it's like they can play really good defense from with Rob without Rob. Obviously he changes things defensive ceiling wise, but it's like once they, once they lock in, um it's just a, it's just a different team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Oz Celtics fan wants us to refer to Grant as the wombat, which I really like. And then Philip Hart says, what is a wombat? Is it a creature <laughs> that talks nonstop, complains a lot, but smiles enough to make up for it? Um, I believe it's a short, stout little guy, although we, we do not have him in the North America, I don't think. The, phys- the physical resemblance, I like it a lot, actually. I might have to get, to get some Photoshop going there, but... um. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I think currently people would probably have Wombats ranked above Grant as far as lovability goes. Um, but, you know, this is a fluctuating ranking system, so we, Grant can still take that back. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I do <laughs> like the Wombat. It's got a good ring yeah. to it. It's not too long, you know, not a mouthful. Um, all right, let's 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 look ahead here. We're playing the Wizards and the Bucks next. The C's, 77% chance at the two seed, 20% the one seed. Four percent of the three seeds. So, um, you know, the advanced stats do not think Philly's going to catch us and less than one percent to slip to the four seed. So um, it looks like we're really locked in uh, the one or two at this point. Um, So the worst (laughs) news possible. Washington's missing all their best players. How are you feeling about this one, Jake? Firstly, I... I, trying to figure out what results I want to happen each day is getting like really, really complicated. Like, okay, today, you, get, you know, okay, we want the Nuggets to beat the 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 Sixers because that means we get a better chance of getting the two seed. But that now, the Cavs are now starting to climb up to the three seed. And it's like, okay, but is that going to be a worse matchup if we get them in the second round? But it also means that if the Philly falls to the four seed against Milwaukee, the one seed, then they've got a good chance of beating the Bucks in the round, second round, and then we don't have to see Milwaukee at all. I literally feel like Charlie Day from fucking Sons in Philadelphia <laughs> right now, like <laughs> trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do. Um, Pepe Sylvia! Pepe <laughs> Sylvia! <laughs> oh, man. And like, I don't know. I think, and I always just, I just keep coming back to keep playing really good basketball and the basketball mm-hmm. gods will reward us. 
Yeah, exactly. And I, I appreciate you and Ben for being scoreboard watchers to keep me updated because I do not do that. Uh, you guys will just be like, we need this team to beat the Bucks tonight. I'm like, oh, good. I got a game to follow tonight. So very, very appreciative of that. <laughs> Four point game, two point game. Oh, there we go. Let's go. Um, Alrighty. And uh, like we said, we're going to wrap this thing up in a second here. The most important news of the season. um, Kevin Gelly won player of the week in Maine. So huge news. 27, 16 and a half, 72%. You know, I think Cab's probably an all-star next year. Uh, But seriously, I'm interested to see how he does in summer league. Maybe he cracks the roster next year. Um, But yeah, shout out Cab's. Look, Big man depth and and the big man rotation is going to be like very important as long as Rob Williams exists on the Boston Celtics roster. Um, definitely don't need to spend too much time on this, but I like Kevin Gelly. They don't really have like a proper lob threat on the roster outside of Rob. Um, I'm excited to see how he can potentially develop. I like it. Um, it definitely, it obviously means nothing, but it's fun to fun to mention. Oh yeah, JD Davison, like we didn't really touch on him, but he was No. He was good. Look, like, man, I've been on the JD Davison train since Summer League. There's something about his combination of absurd first step and the way he reads the game that like there's something interesting there, man. I don't know what it is. Like I keep coming back to comparing him to Ish Smith because like you just can't stay in front of Ish. He can't shoot, so you can, you know what I mean? You can sag off him, so he's a, been a bench guard his whole career, but, like, pretty solid bench guard his if, whole career, if right? If J.D. Davison is Ish Smith, that would be the coolest thing ever. Um, yeah, and he's got the Super Saiyan hair. Like, he's got the, the super athleticism. Yeah, look, Pritchard's going to be gone um, for something, whether it's a yeah. second-round pick or they, they package Moose plus Pritchard to bring something back. Who knows? But... Um, yeah, the writing is on the wall for Pritchard just because, like, I, I, I believe Pritchard can, can be a rotation player in the, NBA, in the NBA, like an eighth, ninth man, but he's just like a shooting guard in a point guard's body. Like, he can't really run, pick and roll. He can't beat anyone off the dribble. Like, J.D. Davidson can just run, pick and roll at a completely different level than Pritchard. Like, Pritchard just isn't getting separation on – getting separation downhill, creating space where he can actually throw any of these lobs or get to the rim himself. So, and J.D. Davidson is super athletic. Like those Dude, two, it's those, crazy. Those two things combined, like you're probably going to have more of an opportunity on this team as well. Yeah, and uh, like, Dude, his lobs, like, yeah. cor- he, like, it's threw Cornette. Cornette. Yeah, he threw Cornette open on one of those lobs. It was, like, over two people dropped down behind the back backside help defender. And Cornette almost biffed it, but yeah. he, like, kind of half laid it in. But Is it, that's, yeah. like, a next-level read and lob. He, he, like, honestly might be the best lob thrower on the Celtics right now. It's not our strong suit at all. Marcus, Marcus, Marcus. I, look... I'll give it to Marcus, you know, the incumbent, but Jenny's coming. <laughs> He's coming for you, Marcus. Um, all right. We're going to wrap this one up. But before we go, please, please join us on our playback stream. Yeah, if you go to our Twitter. Awesome. You can find a link. We'll drop a link in the description of this show on YouTube and on the podcast feed. So 
join us watch the game with us there's a live chat we can bring you up on stage if you want for a little bit obviously no pressure at all uh, we rarely do it but you can yell at us you can give us like the cold emojis if we say something stupid which will happen a lot so please join us first to the floor playback stream but that's gonna do it for this episode of first to the floor jake love your work mate i'll talk to you later buddy peace